Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about how to teach our students how to wait. And I talked about this at the end of another episode. Well, I really had the idea to talk about it at the end of another episode. And so many of you messaged me and asked for me to create an entire episode about teaching students how to wait because this is such an important skill. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. All right, so let's get right into it. Waiting, what an important skill to teach our students. I've seen so many behaviors snowball because a student didn't know how to wait. Waiting is a skill that applies to so many different areas of school, but also to life in general, right? We can teach our kids to wait their turn, wait to talk to someone, wait to gain access to an item, wait to get somewhere, and the list goes on and on. For some of our students, waiting does not come easily and we need to teach these skills explicitly. So just like every other skill we've ever talked about here on the podcast, we are going to be talking about how to teach waiting explicitly to our students and really starting with the foundational skills of waiting and building waiting stamina with our students so that they're able to be successful. But before we jump into this episode, I do want to highlight some of the ABA strategies or applied behavior analysis strategies we'll be talking about. I just want to highlight these so that we are really reinforcing the concepts of evidence-based strategies that are rooted in the principles of behavior so that you can utilize these strategies in the future with other skills. And the first one is reinforcement. If you haven't listened to the episode of this podcast that talks all about reinforcement, go listen to episode six so you have a foundational knowledge about reinforcement before this episode. Since we're teaching a skill, waiting, we're going to be reinforcing this skill a lot at first. I talk all about reinforcement and how it works and how it may be different than you think. Hint, it's not just stickers and tokens. So make sure you go listen to that episode first. I'm also going to talk about teaching students functional communicative responses or utilizing functional communication training to teach students how to communicate their wants and needs. So if you haven't already listened to the functional communication training episode or episode 19, make sure you add that to your list of episodes to listen to. All right, so let's get right into how we're going to teach our students waiting skills. Just like with a lot of other skills that we've talked about on this episode, I usually start with the very foundational or very basic skills of that overall skill first, so we have a really strong foundation to build off of. So the very first skill I teach is an appropriate functional communicative request or response to access something. This can be a picture or a sign that communicates I want, or it can be a specific request for an item. This is going to depend on your student. The reason I teach an appropriate functional request response is because waiting usually comes after that, right? So our students might request access to an activity or might request access to a snack or might request time with a specific toy or something like that. And waiting comes after that. So we wanna teach them how to request things appropriately first so that we're able to reinforce that request with either the object, toy, whatever it might be, or a response of you have to wait a couple minutes and then we can access whatever it might be. 
be. So I just like to teach that foundational skill first because it waiting usually follows a request for something. And I want to make sure that our students are engaging in that request appropriately. So we're able to reinforce that request by either access to that or asking them to wait and then teaching them how to wait for those things because we don't always get immediate access to everything that we request. So we are really quickly going to talk about how we can teach this appropriate request sequence. So you can prompt the communicative response by modeling it and then providing immediate reinforcement with access to the requested item, activity, experience, whatever it might be. This will help build the skill of appropriate requesting for an item. We want to avoid allowing access for something with an inappropriate response, such as throwing a tantrum or just taking the item that they want. To build this skill though, we have to provide reinforcement for engaging in that response appropriately. Like I said, if we're teaching the students to sign I want and then pointing to an item that they want, when they do that appropriately, we wanna reinforce that skill. Now your student might already be proficient at an appropriate response like this, but the breakdown is when they are told no or that they have to wait. So in that case, you can skip this step and move to the next step. The second step involves access to the item or the requested object, activity, whatever it might be. There are two routes you can take with this. We're going to start with our students who don't have the skill yet to wait for any amount of time, meaning that if they request something and are told no or told to wait any amount of time, they immediately engage in an undesired behavior to access the request, whether they're grabbing for it, running toward it, crying, whatever it might be. If this is a situation with a student you're working with, you're going to allow immediate access based on an appropriate request. So what is that going to look like? First, you're going to get some items you know that the student really likes. This can be toys, food, games, Play-Doh, whatever you know the student engages in freely and really likes. You're going to sit down with the child and lay out all the items. You're going to prompt that appropriate request response. Upon an appropriate response, allow immediate access to that item. Allow access to the item for a couple of minutes, then say, my turn, and take the item back. Almost immediately prompt the next communicative response again and provide access to the item when they engage in this. So that's really going to look like you prompting them to ask for, I want, and point to something, or I want water, I want a toy, or whatever it might be. You giving them immediate access to that. After a couple minutes, say, my turn, take the item, and immediately prompt that response again. So they're asking for something again, and you're allowing access to another item, or maybe it's the same item. And then repeat this process over and over. You might do this for a couple of different sessions that are about 10 to 15 minutes each, and you're gonna take data on successful trials. And a successful trial will be an appropriate request for an item. We're gonna talk about the next steps in just a minute. So this was the first step for a student who does not have the ability to wait for any amount of time before engaging in that undesired behavior. Now we're gonna talk about if you are in a scenario where a student does have the ability to wait for a certain amount of time before engaging in those undesired behaviors, even if this is a very short amount of time. First, you're going to take some data on the amount of time between the request and when the undesired behavior to access that request occurs. Say that amount of time is 30 seconds. You will then use the same procedures we just talked about, only when the student requests the item, you'll allow access to the item after 20 seconds might have passed. So again, if your student can wait 30 seconds successfully, then you want to set the amount of time that they have to wait during these practice trials with you a little bit less than that so that they can be really successful. We wanna provide access prior to the occurrence of that undesired behavior. You're gonna do this several times and take trial data just like before. 
All right, so now that we've laid out the foundation for both routes you can take, whether you're working with a student who doesn't have the ability to wait for any amount of time, or you're working with a student who does have the ability to wait for a certain amount of time, we're gonna move into the next part of the training, and that is systematically increasing that wait time. For either route, once you have a number of successful trials, you're going to increase the wait time. This is gonna look different for each student. I recommend setting the new wait time proportional to where the student started. So if they didn't have any wait time, I would start with like 10 seconds. If they were waiting like 20 seconds, then I would add maybe 10 seconds onto that. So now they have to wait 30 seconds. Your session is gonna look like this. You're gonna prompt that appropriate request response. Once the student engages in that appropriate request, you're gonna say wait, and then give access to the item after the duration of time has expired that you wanted them to wait for and only give the item in the absence of an undesired behavior. If the child engages in an undesired behavior, try again. If this keeps happening, you might have to go back to the first step. Then you're just gonna keep repeating these trials and increasing the waiting intervals until the child has mastered the skill of waiting appropriately. This is how you teach waiting skills in a very contrived scenario, right? We are setting up these scenarios with our students, often referred to as sessions in the ABA world. And this is really for students who are starting at a place where they really have very limited waiting skills. Again, I like to start with the really foundational skills so we have a really strong foundation to build on. So if your students are lacking some of those foundational skills, these are the steps that I would start with. Now, if you're working with students who have some developed waiting skills, but they just aren't fluent in them, you can adjust the process that we just talked about to meet their needs. It'll probably go a little bit quicker since they already have some of those prerequisite skills. Now we're gonna talk about teaching waiting in the natural environment. So our students already have the foundational skills to wait, but when different scenarios come up, it might be harder for them to wait. So we have to practice these skills to fluency as they naturally occur in the environment. And there's this concept or strategy called natural environment teaching, which is an amazing strategy that we can use to teach these skills. So basically we are gonna take situations that naturally occur in the environment to further teach and reinforce these skills. So what that looks like is this. A student requests something. Again, if you're just starting out teaching this skill, it is highly recommended providing access to that item right away and then increasing the wait time. So the student requests computer time. You allow computer time for a couple minutes, then go back to another activity. Then you increase the wait time as described previously. Maybe you have a student who asks for a snack. If you're still developing the skill, I would give a small snack upon an appropriate request and then increase the wait time. Now here's a quick note, the requests do not need to be the same, meaning that you do not need to be teaching waiting for a snack separately than waiting for the computer. Waiting in general is a skill that can generalize as we're teaching it. This means for any request, you try and focus on providing the appropriate amount of wait time based on where the student is in the program. While we're teaching these skills, we're taking data on successful trials of waiting. So even though we're using natural environment teaching, every request for something can be an opportunity to teach that wait skill. So that might look like, again, as soon as they ask for a snack, we are waiting 20 seconds before providing that snack and we say, wait, wait those 20 seconds and then provide access to a small snack. And you're taking data on this continuously so we know when we're moving to the next phase, when we want to increase that amount of time that they have to wait. We're always going to be gradually increasing that target as our students are demonstrating these appropriate waiting skills. This skill can generalize to different settings, different people, and various different items that they're requesting using natural environment teaching. So it's not a contrived situation where we're sitting down with items in front of the student, and that's why natural environment teaching is so, so useful. 
Our goal is always to really build the skills in the natural environment because that's really where we're going to see those skills be able to generalize to different settings, different people, different requests, so that the student is really able to utilize the waiting skills in any scenario. Okay, so we've repeated this process several times. We've taken data and we've got our wait time up to about five minutes. That's a pretty good spot depending on the age of the student. If we're talking about a student from kindergarten to probably like second or third grade, that's a really good amount of time. If we're talking about an older student, maybe fourth or fifth grade, we might need to be extend that amount of time a little bit more. So you wanna extend that time appropriately. Now, if you're working with older students, they might already have the prerequisite skills to wait for certain periods of time. So you might start the intervals at longer durations or whatever it might be, but it's really gonna depend on your student's learning profile. You know how to individualize programs for your students. This is just a framework for teaching waiting, and you can put those wait times in as necessary and really individualize it for your individual student needs. Now, we really lay the foundation for our students to wait for extended periods of time. What I hear a lot is that we can't always provide access to something, especially when we're teaching, right? And that is 100% accurate, whether you're teaching in a self-contained special education classroom with eight students or an inclusion class with 15 students, or you're a general education teacher and you're teaching 30 students at a time. If a student were asked for something, they don't always have the ability to access it right away. So what I recommend is teaching students these skills explicitly either in a small group or one-to-one -one format. Whenever you have time to teach students these skills explicitly, that time will go a long way. As we're building on those skills, we will run into situations where you can't provide access, but because we laid the foundation for these skills, we're able to have that student wait a little bit longer. I know it's really hard to give access to things right away when you're teaching or right when a student is asking for them. And at the beginning of this program, this can be really, really hard. What I really recommend is working with a behavior specialist or someone that can help support this in your classroom if you do have a student who has significant behaviors while they're being asked to wait. The beginning of this program is essential. When we're really teaching the request sequence and immediate access to the item or request is going to be an essential aspect to further building these skills. So if you can get support for this programming in your classroom right from the start, it's gonna make your life so much easier and it's really gonna help the student learn these skills from the start and that's really what we want. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you need help with this programming, especially if you have a student who engages in some significant undesired behaviors while they're waiting. That could look like a student throwing a disruptive tantrum during your class because they asked for the iPad and you're in the middle of teaching a lesson and you can't just give them the iPad. What I really want you to take away from this episode is that we really want to teach our students an appropriate functional communicative response or request to access an item and then appropriate behavior while they're waiting for that item. And while we're teaching these foundational skills, providing access to that item is essential at the beginning and at the start of this programming. Then we can start increasing the amount of time that they have to wait, and that really comes down to the student's baseline level of waiting ability and where the student is in terms of waiting in general. So if you run into a situation where you do have a student who engages in some significant behaviors, I would ask for support in your classroom so you can work some sort of program out like this. The time up front will help you so much later on because you're really laying the foundation. You're really teaching the students those foundational skills of waiting so that when you aren't able to provide them with the requested item, they are able to engage in appropriate waiting behaviors. So to recap really quickly, we've talked about some of those very foundational ways that we can start teaching the waiting skill, meaning that you might have a student who really has no waiting skills and we need to start at the very basics with them. So you're gonna set up that situation where you have all those items in front of them, you're gonna prompt the response and then you're gonna give immediate access to that. Then you're gonna slowly increase the amount of time that the student has to wait. So you prompt the response, you say wait, and then allow access to the item once they've waited. 
then you're gonna move into a natural environment teaching situation, or you might start here depending on the student's skill level. What that looks like is when a student requests something in the natural environment, you provide access to it immediately or within a time period that you know the student can wait without the undesired behaviors. Then you take data on that and you make sure that the student is successful, then you start gradually increasing the amount of time that they have to wait. Some tools you can use while you're teaching this process are visuals. You can use a timer or some sort of visual to show the amount of time that a student has to wait. This can really help the concept of waiting become more concrete. Because a lot of times what I've found is that our students don't necessarily understand how much time has elapsed over a different time period. So they might need that visual to help them understand how much time has elapsed and how much more time they have to wait. If you give some sort of visual or support or something along those lines, this can be really, really helpful. Now I just really quickly wanna talk about the goal of a waiting program. We're never gonna get to the point where we're able to say, once I've taught the student to wait for 15 minutes, then that's all I need to teach them for waiting because we can never predict how long a student is gonna to have to wait in the future, right? What we're really doing is teaching them the skills to wait for a period of time to tolerate that waiting period so that they're able to access the things that they want to appropriately. We're never gonna be able to anticipate every situation or how long they're gonna to have to wait, so we really just wanna lay these foundational skills. If a student is having a hard time tolerating waiting for longer periods of time, it can be helpful to teach students to engage in another activity while they're waiting. So when you get to those longer periods of time, like five to 10 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes, you can either provide students with a choice of other things that they can do or other things that they can access or help support their waiting time with visuals. A scenario this might apply to is if you have a student who really wants to go to gym, but there's still 20 minutes before gym class starts. So you can say, gym is in 20 minutes. While we wait, you can either choose to play with the blocks or the computer. We have to wait 20 minutes before gym starts and then have some sort of timer or visual that allows them to see the amount of time that elapses. That's basically how we teach waiting and it's not as complicated as they think we make it out to be. It's a very abstract concept and I think that's why we think it's a little bit more complicated to teach than it actually is. I think where it gets a little confusing is when you're working with a student who doesn't have a lot of developed weight skills and it just takes a lot of work up front. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, it does take a lot of work because we really wanna build that foundational skill and that contingency of when I ask for something appropriately, I get access to it. And then when I ask for something appropriately and I'm told to wait and I engage in appropriate waiting behavior, then I can get access to the requested item. Again, it's not as complicated as it might seem, but there are a lot of steps to this process. What I really encourage you to do is systematically increase those waiting periods based on your data collection. Data collection is gonna be crucial in teaching our waiting skills. We really wanna start where the student is in their already developed waiting skills, or maybe they don't have a lot of developed waiting skills. So you're starting at that very first step of upon an appropriate request or giving a, an immediate access to that requested item, and then you're slowly increasing the amount of time that they have to wait, and you're reinforcing appropriate waiting skills with access to whatever they're requesting. As always, I hope that this episode was helpful and gave you some ideas and strategies for teaching waiting skills to your students. If you have any questions about teaching waiting or behavioral and social emotional learning in general, you can message me over on Instagram at teachingbehaviortogether. And if you like this episode, if you can leave a rating or review, I would really appreciate it. It helps other teachers find this podcast and these episodes so that they can learn these strategies as well. Thank you so, so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it and have a good rest of the day.